Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Anthony Richardson, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here, of course, with the founders of RosterWatch.com. We have the Trash Man. We have Byron Lambert. We're going over our final cumulative consensus rankings for the running back and wide receiver positions pre-NFL draft. These are our prospect rankings, so... Could change once we will change. Absolutely will change <laughs> once we get NFL landing spots and draft capital and all the rest of it. This is how we see these prospects pre-NFL draft. Byron Trashman. What what the hell is going on, boys? Just getting fired up, man. Trashman, of course, has a uh some kind of voucher that was donated to him, the airline voucher that is near expiration. So I got a call the other day that he wants to come crashed the uh twin bed trundle i got in the guest room this week man (laughs) he's gonna be sleeping about 10 inches off the floor trash trash man heads heads to florida you guys aren't gonna do any of that you guys aren't gonna do do any of that tarpon fishing out there during the during the time (laughs) off from the uh from the draft festivities are you i don't think this year trash man he's he's already got a couple of notches on his belt for the tarpon so i think he's on (laughs) a On to other species at this point. <laughs> I'm de- dude. I was done with tarpon the minute I landed that one last time. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you were done with tarpon before you landed it. I think you were done with tarpon. About I, I honestly thought we were going to gonna have to call. I thought we were going to have to call the care flight helicopter. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm not even ser- kidding about that. <laughs> you guys thought I was I'm done with life. Yeah. Alex gets this fish and big, you know, big tarpon. And I think what happened just from my perspective was I thought, I think Alex thought he was going to get this fish to the boat pretty quick. And then once the tables get turned on you, man, it, it, yeah. it kind of is, it, it, it's a hit to your morale. And next thing I know, Alex's shirt goes from bone dry to just sopping wet in about 15 minutes. He's up there <laughs> just sweating like a maniac, but, uh, that was a story we won't forget, man. It hurts bad, man. You get that fish right up to the boat, man, and you think you got him. Next thing you know, it's just zing. It's like next to the, you know, it's he's farther out than you would have you would have ever thought. But yeah, man. So we we got these fish. We got these fish that were that were um, reeling into the boat right now at the running back and wide receiver positions, uh, hoping that they fall to the spots that we like. So let's just go ahead and get started on it. We'll go over like the top five, ten ish types of guys at each position, hit on some dudes who we might be 
higher on or lower on than consensus or higher on or lower on than the rest of the crew. Like I said, make sure and stay tuned over at Roster Watch. We always get the Dynasty Rookie Cheat Sheets up, usually the Sunday and Monday, um, the Monday morning. We know you guys love your Dynasty drafts on Monday morning, starting after the draft. So the Rookie Cheat Sheet will always be up by then. Um, once we have the draft capital for these players, once we have the landing spots for these players, we'll have a whole new set of analysis to go through and certainly hope that some of these top guys um, fall to some good spots. Some won't, you know, some, some won't. That's just how it goes. But we're here. We're back. The haze in the barn from the evaluation standpoint, we're done. And this is how it shook out. You guys want to start with, with running back? Let's start with running back. All right. Uh, at the top of the heap, I think let's just each go over like one thing you just want to say about Bijan Robinson. I don't think that anybody's going to um, have any, you know, it was like Byron, Trashman and I had this discussion. I, I started to sit down and write the Bijan Robinson rookie profile, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I even doing this? Everybody knows who he, everybody knows who he is. Everyone knows he's the best. Everyone's seen him. Um, do you have anything left to say about Bijan at this point in the process? Yeah, I I came up with a comp I haven't seen anybody else use, and it's Ladanian Tomlinson, which I think is it really captures the overall spirit of Bijan's game and re- reflects the quality of prospect that he is. I mean, if you think about it, we really had quite a run of top shelf running back prospects in the last several years, all the way from what we had. We have Todd Gurley, we had. Ezekiel Elliott, we had Melvin Gordon, we had Leonard Fournette, Fournette, Saquon Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, right? I mean, it's been Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. It's been it's been quite the run. I mean, Nick Chubb has obviously emerged. We saw Derrick Henry become a king, but you know, Bijan is he's a He's just a very unique blend. I was always thinking when we were watching Longhorns games the last few years, I saw kind of a hybrid between maybe a Saquon Barkley and a Nick Chubb. And I saw he only weighed in at about 215, so he's not quite as big as those guys. And when you start looking at all the measurables, LaDainian Tomlinson starts to pop up. And Bijan is so fluid, I think, in all aspects of the game. I just think he has that very fluid style. He's powerful. He's fast. He's fluid, though. He can catch. And um, so I think it's a very unique blend, and he's going to be a – I have no question he's going to be a big, big big-time player. Yeah, the only question about Bijan is where is he going to end up, you know, in my opinion. Well, probably in some. I mean, it's there's there's it's now he's now a favorite to go on DraftKings. He's now a favorite to go higher than fifteen and a half. So you know, I don't know if that's 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 what the market is says right now. So does that I make mean, him a patriot? Yeah. Well, that's where I haven't mocked in my <laughs> right now in my most uh, in in the you know I'm not sure that it'll be my final landing spot for him. But as I go through my most recent um, my most recent iteration of the mock draft for the huddle report, I do have him going to new England. It's just like, at that point it's, it feels like Belichick would be like, well, this is, it's a, it's a guy who we've consistently heard from everybody who is in the know, you know, either behind the scenes or just, you know, guys like Daniel Jeremiah or the rest of these dudes who kind of know what's up. The teams have him at the top of their big boards. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of the positional scarcity and stuff like that. You know, I mean, people see him as the second, third best player in this draft. 
I could totally see him getting to Belichick and Belichick saying, you know, what, what are we doing? Let's let's take the guy that's like number two on our big board. And then Ramondre Stevenson just goes poof. I mean, that's it. Oh, man. Talk about these guys that have Ramondre top 20 in Dynasty. That's a, oh. um, after So after Bijan, I mean, clearly he's a generational talent, man. He's awesome. That's just not the Texas Longhorns in us. That's like every everybody can see it in him. Um, after that, we have a little a little bit of disagreement here with the next the next I guess th- four three players. But with that being said, Jameer Gibbs comes out from Alabama. Jameer Gibbs comes out as our overall number two. I have him ranked as my number two running back. You guys each have different guys ranked as number two, but you both have Jameer Gibbs ranked at number three. Um, for me, when I see Jameer Gibbs, I know people worry about the 199 pounds. Um, but I just, people say these sub 200 pound running backs, they don't do this. They haven't done this. Like all the rest, it's all you can look at is the RB one seasons would be like one crazy Philip Lindsay season or one crazy Tariq Cohen season, or, um, you know, there were, there were a few others trash men that we had identified. I, I, I forgot maybe miles Gaskin had one of those seasons where he was like an RB 14 or something at 180 something pounds to me that that's more ap- applicable to Devon a chain than it is to, than it is to um, Jameer Gibbs, because we're talking about a guy that's only like three pounds less than guys like Austin Eckler. You know, I mean, how much does the extra like five pounds you need to get to, you know, Christian McCaffrey's general playing weight as he started like, to me, you know, I, I understand how people don't want to compare him to Alvin Kamara because the size is, isn't you know quite. You're looking more like a 15 pound difference then. But how much different is the Jameer Gibbs, you know, size wise, from an Austin Eckler? Um, uh, you know, I've heard Trashman's side of this, so I'd like to hear from Byron. Just like when you watch Gibbs, what did you see? I saw that some of the comps you added in here were like Warwick Dunn. You also have an Aaron Jones comp that I'm, you know, like. So where are you on Gibbs? Um, I know he's not your number two, but he is our cumulative number two. I have him at two. You both have him at three. I think you're on mute, Byron. Here, let me see if I can unmute you. Here, try it now. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, I guess I do like to think in terms of comps when it comes to these players, Alex, and the more and more that I look at Gibbs and I think about him, the comp, and I'm not saying they look exactly the same in terms of just the way they appear on the field when you watch tape, but overall, I think the game, their game and what they're going to, what they bring to the field, the more I think about it, I really think Reggie Bush is the appropriate comp for Jameer Gibbs. And they're very, very similar size. And so one distinction I would like to make is you mentioned a guy like Christian McCaffrey, even guys like Aaron Jones, you know, he's more on like the 205-ish pound range or whatnot, maybe a little bit more than a couple pounds more than that. One thing I'll always remember is Dave Gettleman telling us that Christian McCaffrey was the best inside the box running back he'd ever scouted. So to me, that's a distinguishing factor. When it comes to Gibbs, I see a guy that just really loves to bounce it outside versus being overly precocious, you know, between the tackles, I suppose, or behind the line of scrimmage. I see a guy that likes to use his burst and get to the edge, which is fine, but that reminds me of a Reggie Bush. And I mean, Reggie Bush was a very valuable 
player in the NFL. I mean, maybe he wasn't a stellar, super elite running back. And maybe his value wasn't even commensurate with where he was drafted, but he, he did have a great career. So in this, this day and age of football, Gibbs clearly has potential to have an enormous role, especially for fantasy. Yeah. And just, yeah, his, his ability to catch the football out of the, his ability to catch the football out of the backfield, 16% target share. It's um, I, I think, I think trash man that the, I think maybe the worst case scenario that I can envision with Jameer Gibbs is James Cook. What James Cook was to what James Cook has been to start yeah. his career. Worst case, James Cook. Best case, I, the more I think about it, is like a Jamal Charles, who I think, I mean, I just looked up, I just looked up his weight right now. It was one ninety nine, um, same as Gibbs. I I could see them having a similar um, impact on a team. Jamal Charles is, is is my son's youth football coach. I, I think I think he weighs a little bit more than 199 these days. All right, let's get to the next two here. So um, we have them tied. So Byron, so Zach Charbonnet and Kendra Miller. Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, Kendra Miller from TCU are tied for us at number three in our consensus rankings. I have uh, Charbonnet at three. Trashman has him at two. Byron has him at six. Um I'd be interested to hear from from it's like you guys have a big Byron and Trashman. You guys have a pretty big discrepancy on him. Trashman looks Trashman looks at Charbonnet, Byron, and he sees Matt Forte, Cockamamie. Yeah, I'm just thinking about his impact, potential impact on a team, a guy of his size and speed, um, and just with the who's a, a great pa- pass catcher who can run routes. I mean, it's like. I wouldn't say it's quite like a Derrick Henry. I, he's not quite as big as Derrick Henry or powerful, but I, I mean, I see them as a similar kind of player. And people didn't realize, NFL teams didn't realize for a long time that Derrick Henry was as good of a pass catcher as he, as he was. But I think that Charbonnet has, I mean, people know that about Charbonnet right now. They see him as a power runner who can also catch the ball, catch the ball to the backfield, catch the ball running routes, knows for the end zone. And he's got good speed for his size. I, I really, there are a few downsides to his game, in my that that I can see. I mean, and he's big enough to be a good blocker on passing downs too, so he can stay in. What is it about Charbonnet? I mean, do you, but your trash means you're tossing out. He's tossed out Matt Forte. Now he's tossing out Derrick Henry. You know, I had Jamal Williams for Charbonnet, so I can see the upright style. That I think overall, it's a little bit of that upright style that is reminiscent not so much of a Derrick Henry but of a Matt Forte and then obviously <clears throat> he's a really good pass catcher on tape so I think those are fair those are absolutely fair comps I think he's a, a well-rounded back he shows some speed he shows some power I'm not sure I saw a guy that's going to translate to elite in the NFL but the traits are are certainly there what do you think of my Rashad White? Be a couple spots higher in my rankings. I mean, to be to be perfectly fair. I what do you think of my Rashad White comp? I think it's solid. I think it's solid. The, Rashad the thing- White's not Rashad White is not a spectacular runner. Yeah, he's not a spectacular between the tackles runner. He's a great, and it, that was that was the issue coming out in college. Yeah. It's I kind think of you saw it as much as people kind of reared his head yeah, it's it, kind of, this last year. I, 
Yeah. You know, it really, I I I thought it's still an area he has a lot of room to improve on. Now you're hearing about the Bucks taking another running back, so I think that's fair. That's how I see a Charbonnet. I'm not sure I see an elite guy there, but I see a guy who can be impactful and certainly is quite well rounded. And you know, was, who, and you know who Charbonnet's last visit was to? Who? Tampa. Yeah. That, that that would nuke Rashad White for sure. The the one thing that I would say about him too, this is that people don't talk about enough, he's going to be really good at the goal line. It's um, If you look at PFF, he converted 78.4% of his carries with three yards or less to go over the past two seasons, and he had the fourth most conversions in college football over the last two years, so 69 conversions just on you know third and short, stuff like that. He's a, he's a really good short yardage back. They're not going to take him out of the goal line. Um, so just something to keep in mind there with with him. Kendra Miller, Byron, he's your number two running back in the class. I, I I had toyed with him as high as number two in my in my personal rankings. It's just towards the end, Kendra Miller from TCU. I mean, we'd seen him. I mean, you and I had texted about Kendra even during the during the college football season, just saying, Jesus, Kendra's taking over this game. I mean, he's a problem. He's a problem to face if you're, you know, a Big Twelve football team. He 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 ran Zach Evans out of that program, um, and whenever you play him, it's like with all the talk of Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston's going to go first round, and he's a good prospect. And we'll talk about him in a little while. But Kendra Miller was like the beating heart of that TCU offense that was able to make it to unprecedented levels of, of success this last year. Um, I, I, I wasn't surprised to see you had him at two in the end. Just for, for me, the fact that there is still the lingering issue with the knee that kept him out of the national championship game. Even though I talked to him at the pro day, he says he's fine. He said he'd be fine to go for rookie minicamps if they want to let him go. He's just not sure that they go full speed in rookie minicamps. And I said, well, all right, well, like for, for, forget all that. What about training camp? He's like, dude, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'll be fine. He's like, I, he's like, I think I'm fine now. You know, so even but there is that lingering lingering concern. He didn't test. I'm not sure how worried teams are. So it ended up in me dropping him a little bit, but he still ends up as tied for third place in our consensus rankings with um, Zach Charbonnet behind B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. Tell me your thoughts on Kendra Miller. Well, it's like you said, Alex, every year I there's a couple of guys that pop up or stand out to me during the college season. And this year, one of them was Kendra Miller. The thing that stands out to to me about Miller is he has a very natural, a very classic running back style. He's very, very easy to project as a running back to the next level. Just a very natural born running back. You can see how explosive he is on tape. I don't need to see him run the 40. I get, you know, that he didn't test and as a practical matter, that's a reason to maybe move him down. But I see him as a much more traditional running back than somebody like Gibbs, who most people have at two. And I just see the blend of power, the compact style, explosive, big play capabilities. To me, he just looks like he's he is, you know, perfectly constructed to be an NFL running back. He has nice size, too. Who did you have for your comp for for Kendra Miller? Because for me, he just screams Kareem Hunt with the kind of the frenetic running style, the fun sort of um, that fun sort of 
intentional, just like right up field, the penetration of the zone lane, um, violent, violent runner, frenetic runner. Um, it just reminds me a ton of what Kareem Hunt looked like coming out of Toledo. They're about the, about the same size. Uh, I see here. Who, who did you have? Well, I, I had Damian Pierce. Cam, I, I, I also had Kareem Hunt. I had several here. I had Damian Pierce, Cam Akers, Damian Harris, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Alexander Madison. So overall, pretty good batch of players there. Byron famously higher on Alexander Madison than maybe maybe anybody maybe anybody you had you had him we we were doing this pod for that class that was one that really blew our hair back when we saw your ranking on that guy um all right what about Roshan Johnson trash man why you why do you hate our boy Roshan Johnson is it just Roshan Johnson of course from Texas um weighed 225 at the senior bowl um, ended up running a four five eight forty, which is a little bit slower than we thought. But if you look at those uh, truck stick numbers that they have at Texas, where they take their on field miles max miles per hour during practice and multiply it by their weight, Roshan had the highest truck stick average of anybody, like higher than Bijan Robinson, higher than any of the corners on the team, any of the wide receivers, any of those other guys. So for his size, for like a size adjusted speed specimen, he's awesome. He's the best pass protecting back in the draft. He's probably the best 225 pounds that I've seen on a running back in a long time. It's just the fact is he's behind Bijan Robinson, and uh, he didn't get quite as much quite as much action. We have Kip C in the chat asking about Deuce Vaughn. We'll definitely talk about Deuce before we get before we get off of running backs. But trash man, why do why do you hate your boy Roshan Johnson? Why do you wish him to have a bad career? I don't hate Roshan. One, I was stuck in an airport in Dallas whenever you were watching him at the senior bowl that first day, I didn't see that. And watching him on tape, he looks, he looks a little bit like he's like, he's running in a little bit of quicksand to me on tape. He's oh, doesn't running go quicksand. He's got, he's got, he's got like the, he's got, he's, he's got a better yards after contact per attempt than Bijan. What does that have to do with running like quicksand? I, I, I mean, he can, he can bust through contact. He can, you know, I'm talking about speed. I'm talking about burst. And I just don't really see that as much with him. I think he's a well-rounded player. I just – that's what he is to me. He's a well-rounded player. I don't see him as a special player necessarily. And for me, there are some guys who I think look more special to me, and that's why I have them ranked ahead of him. All right. Some of the other, so, so that's the top five. Uh, we're going to have uh, these, these all up for our pro members, for the running backs. We have them ranked through 21. Um, Bijan Robinson at one, Jameer Gibbs at two, tied for third. And that's not just us being flaky. It's like that's just how it shook out. We have, Spoiler alert, we do have a tie toward the top at wide receiver as well, but that's just how the consensus rankings work out. It's like we have we have Jameer Gibbs at two, three, and three. We have um, – so that's an average of 2.67. But then for Charbonnet, we have him at three, two, and six, which is 3.67. And we have Kendra Miller at five, four, and two, which is an average of three point six seven. So those guys are just going to be tied for for third for us, and then fifth place we have Roshan Johnson. I think quickly we should just have a quick talk about some of these guys that some of us have ranked way higher than the rest. Uh, Izzy Abanacanda, Trashman, you have him ranked as your number five. Give the case for Abanacanda. He is a junior. Um, I worried a little bit about his lateral agility after we did have that conversation, though. Um, 
I went back and looked, and I, I'm not quite as worried about it anymore. I, I, I think you were right. He, he has a little bit more wiggle to him than I was giving him credit for upon uh, first watching him. You know, that being said, for 5'11, 216, um, I'm just, man, he just does, to me, he doesn't run like a 216 pound, 216 pound back. I'm not sure he, uh, I know he runs faster than one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, 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 with he's a, I mean, behind Gibbs, he's the fastest, he's the fastest back in that, and you know, out of that top five for me. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to have the make you missed kind of stuff to him in this, in the same way as some of these other guys do. I mean, look at his productivity. I understand. Yeah, man. I mean, after, after, after Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett leave Pittsburgh, it's like it becomes the Izzy Abanacanda offense. And I get that. Byron, you have Abanacanda ranked basically the lowest of all of us. You have, you, you have him as a top 10 guy. You have any like high level thoughts about him? And we'll talk about a few of these others before we, we move on to wide receiver. I, I liked him. I just came away thinking that he's not a starter in the NFL. He's probably a committee guy or a backup guy. And I do agree with the straight line aspect of his style. And then, boy, he has some puny little hands here, huh? Eight and a quarter, one quarter. Eight and one quarter. Ooh. That's <laughs> like little baby hands. Yeah, I, I I was noticing earlier your boy Xavier Valade when I was just kind of doing some precursory stuff on him that he had eight and a half, and I thought that was small, eight and a quarter. That's 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 Burger King commercial, right? And that's that's small. Um, I mean, right. 21, twenty-one total touchdowns, more touchdowns than anybody else on this and <laughs> on this list. I I think I think a few I think a few of the. Uh, it, well, the thing, the thing though, with Abanacanda, though, trash man, I believe is, is isn't he one of these guys that, um, isn't he one of these guys? Yeah. So, uh, a lot of his production from twenty twenty two, those twenty one touchdowns, came against non power five opponents. Thirty percent of his touchdowns were against non power five opponents. In the same way that this next guy I want to talk about, Sean Tucker, who Byron. This is one of the last ones we'll talk about. Byron has Sean Tucker ranked in his top five. Sean Tucker from um, Syracuse. Hey, Tracking if I was the- watching the Wagner tape, he'd be in my top five. Only the Wagner. Tape <laughs> I was going to say, man, there's a lot of production versus Wagner and some of these other some of these other schools over the course of the last two years. Uh, with that, it was what it was like versus Fordham and Wagner over the last two years that he's gotten like 31 percent of his. <laughs> Uh, what, what 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 was it? So twenty three rushing touchdowns over his final two seasons at Syracuse. So thirty point four three percent came against Albany and 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 Wagner. So that being said, man, he was you know he's he's got he's got the requisite you know the requisite size. We always talk about that Trey that Trey Mason Dixon line right at right at two oh seven. He's there at the two oh seven, but. He's built more like a bowling ball when you look at him because he's only five nine, right? He's got the, he's he's got he's got the good BMI. He also is a track champion. Um, he has had a. This is what I, I'm so. I don't like the fact that him and his friends put put on the pro day and then put out the numbers. <laughs> it's just kind of it's kind of, you put on your own pro day and report. It's awesome propaganda, Alex. <laughs> dude. This is what we've come to. Dude's yeah. quit doing. We noticed this year that guys quit doing 
It's been the last. There's a lot of stuff they quit doing at the combine this year. This well, is where this is headed. The, the agents are smart. Why wouldn't you do this? Well, do you, do you know how this happened, Byron? It's like COVID. How it's like they certain things they put into place, like Zoom and stuff. It's like it had, people use it during COVID, and now people just use it for everything, or, or um, ways that they found to save money or stuff like that that just have just stuck around. What happened you was you're in your underwear right now, right? <laughs> right. So, so what 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 happened was. In that, do you remember that year? Whenever they made them do their interviews, their bench press, and their on-field work all on the same day, and the agent said, "Fuck that! We're not going to do agility drills. We're not going to do all the rest of it. You know, we need to save these guys' energy for the high-value stuff. They're doing it late at night. Do you guys remember that? Like, and um, I think since then the agents were like, "Well, it didn't hurt us at all not not to run the three cone of the short shuttle. It's like, why do we even do it anyway?" It, it's almost like a cartel or something, Alex. See, they've colluded, it, it appears. This <laughs> wouldn't work if only a few agents and a few players did it. The fact that most of them eliminated that from their workout, it really opens the door for Why not do social media hype videos and throw up your own numbers and all this kind of stuff? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah. Well, the the reason you don't is if you really are Jackson Smith and Jigba and you really do know that you're going to break the whole scale about the three cone. You're like, well, I'm not going to pass on my on, on, on my opportunity to do it. I think those are the only guys you're going to get doing it, the ones who are who are going to run it well. Um, but regardless, so anyway, we don't we don't have testing on Sean Tucker. He's obviously super fun to watch. We, your comp for him was was Ray Rice. I definitely saw that whenever I watched him. It, you know, he's used a decent amount in the passing game too. He did. I, I looked on P. It seemed like he had dropped some of those balls, though. Like I looked on PFF, he did, he did have three, what five drops last year. So maybe not a guy who we can depend on that kind of um, the you know I, the third down skill sets of guys like Bijan and Jameer Gibbs and Charbonnet and even to a lesser degree guys like Devon A. Chain. If you look further down, Evan Hull, Chase Brown. I think some of those guys might be more natural sort of third down options than Sean Tucker. We can lock him into being. I certainly think he has the he has the chance just because that sort of target share. What what was Sean Tucker's? I mean, his market share fifteen point eight percent target six, share, or no, a sixteen percent reception share. So yeah, dude, that's 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 very high. I mean, that, you you have to say that that means something. But I just I want to hear your thoughts on. Sean Tucker, because this is an outlier um, ranking from you, and I'm interested in your outlier rankings because in the past a lot of them have, you know, a lot of them have been kind of good. Well, look, it's a bit of a trash man perspective, but you can only play the competition on your schedule, right? So maybe Sean Tucker did kind of rack up the stats against some inferior opponents, but boy, I mean, he looks like a stick of dynamite out there, and similar to. Kendra Miller, I just think he looks like a classic, natural-born running back. He's got the compact style. He runs with leverage. He offers the power out there. The speed is incredible. 
And then you mentioned the college production. I mean, I have a, what, a 75% dominator. I mean, we have a few guys in the 90s in this class, but 75% is pretty strong uh, college dominator and the target share is big. So from what I can tell, a lot of people are down on him and maybe the same with Kendra Miller because of like possible medical issues. But it, it appears that appears that Sean Tucker, I mean, you He's moving fine. If you look at the propaganda videos. Right, right. Yeah. That said, I mean, I am hearing, look, as a practical matter, I think I could have had, I I think I could have had Sean Tucker and um, Deuce Vaughn a couple of spots lower, just based on probably, you know, based on what we're hearing, where those guys are going to be drafted versus maybe the Roshan Johnsons of the world of, of the world of this class. But um, overall, I, I just love the style of, of of a Tucker man. Number five in your rankings, as you mentioned, and we'll get to wide receivers. I just uh, we we got to touch on Deuce Vaughn, right? Yeah, Deuce Vaughn is number five in Byron's rankings. I've it's the highest I've seen him ranked by anybody because, and I I guess it's fitting to have him ranked at five because I believe what is he actually five five? He's five five. Five five, just rank him at five, right? It's just fives all around for Deuce Vaughn. But dude, here's the thing about Deuce Vaughn. We talked about Kendra Miller being a problem. Deuce Vaughn is an absolute problem. He's like he's a nightmare. Like Big Twelve coaches go to bed. You can't see him. They they go to bed like like they wake up crapping blood about having to face Deuce Vaughn. Man, he's really really hard to see behind his. Behind Not his where line. I thought you would take that. He, he, he sits back, dude, he sits back there. He, he even talked about it at the combine. He's like, dude, he's like, part of my game is like, yeah, you can't see me. I'm like, I'm patient behind my, I'm patient behind my linemen. I'll pop out. I'll do the rest of it. And he's just unbelievably productive. Um, his, his body actually stands up well to this. I think the Darren Sproles comparison is perfect. He puts the same fear in your heart whenever you're playing him as a Big 12 opponent that Darren Sproles did in that exact same uniform. I don't I don't know how big a factor he can be for an NFL offense though. It's just, you know, just what was he 5 foot 5, 179 pounds. The thing about him though, he 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 does have 9 and a quarter inch hands. It isn't like it isn't like you know, A chain who's got these short arms, little hands, all the rest of it. He's kind of like a smaller dude, right? Deuce Vaughn has some stuff about him where Bigger guy, grew up in a football family, son of, you know, of course, Coach Chris Vaughn. This worked for all kinds of different programs. Was at Texas for a good time coaching the DBs. Um, and just, you can't, it's just really hard to, really hard to just not look at like 42 receptions last year, 1,936 scrimmage yards, 12 touchdowns. Like, I mean, very, very, very. You need an offensive mind like an Andy Reid to take a chance on somebody like Vaughn. What do you think, Byron? Well, what I was saying is rhetorically, how can you not love Deuce Vaughn? I mean, he's just such a fun player to watch. And look, I think the difference with him is so people, what did, if you look at his pro day times, I saw some people had him even with like a four, five, eight. But really, if you look at the times, they were kind of all, I saw a range of times. And the fact yeah. is, when you watch the guy on tape, it looks like somebody shot him out of a cannon. Yeah. He's running away from big time defenses left and right. I think the difference with Deuce Vaughn too is he's pretty good between the tackles. 
It's like yeah. you said, he's small, but he's got the good BMI. I love the pedigree. His dad is, I know you mentioned it. He's been a coach for several uh, teams, but I think he's with the Cowboys now. So I like that he comes kind of from this football background. And then also the, uh, the, re- the receiving ability. I mean, I see a guy here who might be able to come in and be a, a James White type role, or like you said, a Darren Sproles. I mean, you hesitate to make the Darren Sproles comp because you think people are going to say that's a lazy comp because it's two K-State guys, right? If I remember correctly. But it's the same. Also They're good, the same. Right? But, but the truth is, he really is that type of player. So, yeah, I mean, you would love to trash man's point. You'd really like to see him get drafted by a team that has a bright offensive mind. And similar guys end up at similar schools. It's like sometimes when there's a guy like that, that's, he's got this issue with him, and he's just small, right? He's small. Deuce Vaughn could have come to Texas. His dad was a coach at Texas at the time. Texas wasn't going to take a guy that was that small. A place like K-State, you sometimes kind of have to, right? So, I mean, so it, it's like it isn't lazy that certain certain schools attract certain types of players that sometimes fall along certain lines. And those two certainly – I, I think that's the best comp. It's one of the best comps in this whole draft is, is, is Deuce Vaughn to Darren Sproles. I mean, they look like the spitting image of one another. It's I cool. mean, would you be shocked if two years from now we look back and he's some kind of receiving maven from the running back position and is like pretty relevant in fantasy? Absolutely not, especially not in PPR. All right. So speaking about PPR, uh, let's go through, let's go through the wide receivers here. Our top five, as we have them ranked um, cumulatively, Jackson Smith and Jigba, we have at number one overall. And then tied at two, we have Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnston. So Zay Flowers from Boston College, uh, a senior, five foot nine, 182. He ran the 4.42 at the combine. And Quentin Johnston, who was coming out as a junior, 6'2 and a half, 208, ran a 4.50. At the pro day, we've adjusted that to a four-five-five. Uh, Byron, how do you see those two players vis-a-vis one another? It looks like you have them actually ranked back to back. Was that a hard decision for you there with those two Zay Flowers versus Quentin Johnston? Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky decision. There's a lot to like about both of those guys. When it came down to Zay Flowers being my wide receiver two in this class. Uh, a few things. I mean, you're hearing a lot of good good things about Zay and his potential draft capital kind of publicly at this point. I've been hearing very good things from my sources about Zay Flowers through the entire process, especially recently. I've been hearing, you know, this is a guy that's going to go very, very high in the NFL draft and might want to be one of the only round one wide receivers selected. And, you know, I've been here in round one for months now in the draft process. And here's the other thing with Zay Flowers is that ultimately one thing that I've learned to really value over time, I mean, this goes back to the Cooper Cups of the world, et cetera, is especially for the rookie wide receivers, we want a guy that can run routes and can separate. And so much of the scouting, rookie scouting is, you know, a form of, projection right and we always say like the value in going to things like the senior bowl and the shrine bowl is that a lot of the speculation is kind of eliminated because you see the the value in that is they're out there against other nfl players practicing and that's really the only way to scout with any certainty is see 
NFL players against NFL players in real live action. That's how you're going to know if they translate to, you know, being a good NFL player or not. And the one thing I can say cert- with absolute certainty after seeing Zay Flowers in Las Vegas at the Shrine Bowl, he only practiced for one day, but that's all it took. I know with 100% certainty that he is a good route runner. He's explosive in his routes and he has an impressive ability to separate. So that right there just it created a lot of certainty in my mind and eliminates a lot of the conjecture about what kind of players Zay Flowers is capable of being. I, I know for sure he could come in and be a, a productive player. So ultimately that's what gave him the edge over Quentin Johnson in my rankings. Trash man, you have Quentin you you wanted Quentin Johnson at number one for the longest time. I said I said but I told you that that, that was disingenuous. And the only reason that and you and you admitted that it that it was. And I said if you if you have JSN as your top guy, you gotta rank him that way. But you love Quentin Johnston. I love him for the NFL. I love him as an X receiver on someone's team. I Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is a better athlete, a better receiver, technically. But I just think a team who's looking for that X receiver is looking for that big guy with speed, who's a playmaker. To me, that's Quentin Johnson. Is in the pro day didn't bother you at all. It just it didn't. I mean, Zay Flowers has a bad drop rate too. So like, yeah, yeah. Both those guys have issues with with with, with drops. I mean, for sure. I just man, it's Quentin, Quentin Johnston. Just that pro. It was a pretty. It was a pretty rough pro day being there at it. Kind of hearing that ball slap off his hands, seeing all that missed stuff, seeing all the stuff about him not wanting to run his three cone. The scouts really having to get after him and stuff like that. Just began to worry me just a little bit. I feel like though the very next one, my number two, our consensus number number four is Jordan Addison from USC. Came out as a junior, five eleven, but just one seventy three. Smaller hands too, just eight and three quarters. And the 40 time was not as good as Zay Flowers at uh, 449 versus 442. He will only be 21 in 2023, whereas Zay Flowers is going to be 23 years old in 2023. Um, Jordan Addison also broke out as a broke out as a as a true freshman at Pitt. And I just can't get those first two years at Pitt out of my head. I was on the clock in one of my dynasty leagues just this last week, and I was sitting at the 111 in a super flex tight end premium setup. And it looked like it was going to be either Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison falling to me. I had Zay Flowers at the time ranked ahead just because, you know, a lot of the stuff that Byron had said, I'd been high on Zay through the whole process. But I kept thinking about Jordan Addison at Pitt. And secretly, I was just hoping to myself that it was Jordan Addison that fell to me. <laughs> and so I went, I went back and I watched some more of that stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to let this weird year at USC where he just goes out there for the NIL money, goes to a whole new system. Um, has to adapt to that whole new system across the country. I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to let that get in the way of of me knowing what an incredible. I'm mean, Bolitnikov winner as a sophomore. I'm just. I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, allow that to um, sully my opinion of Jordan Addison. So I still have him at number two. I know guys like Daniel Jeremiah. He has him as his number one wide receiver, a top fifteen prospect in the whole class. Uh, he is a favorite to go in the first round of the draft as Zay Flowers is now as well. Um, but to me, those two guys, like, Byron, can you look at, can you give me the dichotomy be- be- between those two guys, the main differences you saw between Zay Flowers, who you love, 
and um, and Jordan Addison from USC slash Pitt. Well, I'm a little bit lower on Jordan Addison and others, but that's not because I don't like him. I mean, I if, if you told me he's going to turn, he's good, he's quite good, and if you told me he turns out to be a really productive NFL player, I certainly wouldn't be surprised. I think for me, in the end, when it came down to the guys that I ranked over Jordan Addison, including Zay Flowers, very simply, they're just more explosive players than he is, and I do think that that I do think that that matters. Uh, so that's really what drove Addison down a little bit uh, in my rankings. I mean, certainly the 173 pounds is a small, small on the wider side of this yeah. class. So you have a guy that's maybe not quite as explosive and a little smaller than some of these other guys. But I mean, re- I mean, my comps on Addison, Jahan Dotson, Tyler Lockett, uh, Calvin Ridley. I mean, those are pretty good players. Yeah. What do you think about the, the Devonte Smith? Does that feel like you like the total upside, the total upside type of type of comp? Is that the best case for him as far as you're concerned, Devonte? Yeah. I mean, I had him in the comps as well. I see a little more Devonte Smith with Jalen Hyatt in this class, but yeah, I think that that's fair, and that's what I'm saying. If Devonte Smith is a killer, right? So if we found out, if somebody told me Addison turned out to be that type of player, I, I certainly would not be surprised. Look, if if you're looking for a guy that's five foot eleven, hundred and eighty-five pounds, you know, give or take five or ten pounds, I mean, this is this is the rookie class for you. <laughs> no, no shortage of options. If, if you happen to be the type that's looking for that, right? Well, well the thing with Addison from is just like he doesn't look as explosive because he's so smooth. He's such a smooth runner, you don't really see that jerkiness you know but he i i i disagree with him you know um being explosive or are you thinking he's not explosive having well, it's not that he's not as not explosive i didn't think he was as explosive as some of the players i i ranked above him also eight and six eighths inch uh hands so some of the smallest hands in the top 10 of this class mm. I mean, like if Addison was ten, even ten pounds heavier, he might have been my wide receiver one. I mean, it w- it would have been more in the conversation for me as well. But that that with that one seventy three at the combine was pretty pretty shocking. And then the other one here, rounding out the top five, we'll just get to this. Then we'll just kind of hit on quickly a couple of our other favorites. Um, Josh Downs from North Carolina, five foot nine, one seventy one, nine and a quarter inch hands, four point four eight. Broke out at age 19 as a sophomore. Uh, good, 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 good production at North Carolina. For me, the comp was uh, Tyler Lockett the whole time. Um, I just, to me, he just looks like the spitting image of that guy. He was a four star coming out in the year uh, 2020. Trashman did not like his route running and thought that he was going to have trouble standing up uh, versus versus bigger kind of long armed corners. I can understand that. He looks like a slot guy. He looks like a slot guy to me, whereas I know Zay Flowers won't need to play in the slot, right? I know that Jordan Addison doesn't need to just play in the slot. Even though they're smaller, Josh Downs to me feels more like a slot guy. Um, But I'd be interested to hear y'all's thoughts on him. It's like he's been a guy through the whole process I've been a little bit disappointed in because I love the tape so much. Um, 
but in the end, you know, you just you watch him. He's a he's a he's a really good player. He's shifty. He's quick. He's twitchy, and he can get open like Byron talks about. So um, disappointing though, just with the size and you guy, you see him up on the stand, you know, at the combine. You're like, man, this is, you know, he's a he looks he looks smaller than Addison, and maybe it's just because Addison's five eleven with just the the same weight, whereas Josh Downs is more like five nine. Well, so you can argue that Downs has the better BMI than Addison at a similar similar weight. I mean, I had those guys ranked back to back, Alex, and simply put, like you said, Josh Downs had ex- exciting tape and he tested well. I mean, the guy was what eighty nine percent burst score over at player profile uh, profiler. So, uh, gosh, a good three, a pretty good three cone. I mean, you look at this, what was it, a six seven five three cone is yeah, certainly yeah. one of the better here in the top of the class. So I said, man, like you get good tape, you get great testing. The guy hauled in 101 receptions, was like the max reception, his best season, 101 receptions. That's a pretty impressive number. Now, I think you make a great point, though, Alex, because I had some explosive guys like Brandon Cooks and Elijah Moore as his comp, but to your point, he maybe he is a slot guy. I mean, you see here twelve point three yards per catch, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. There's a lot of been a lot of great slot receivers, but it, you do make a good point with that yards per catch. I mean, it it may indicate that that's he has somewhat of a limited role. Trash man. So some of these guys that you have um, you have ranked. Um, you, I think you kind of have all these guys. Like after that, we kind of come into this Marvin Mims, Jalen Hyatt type of situation. I, Byron, I want to talk to you about two guys. That one guy that you have ranked m- much higher than the rest, and one guy you have m- ranked much lower than the rest. And we'll talk about the guy that's lower first. And you weren't with us at the Senior Bowl. You were at the Shrine Game, so you didn't get to see Michael Wilson there. Um, Michael Wilson was one of the really good players from the senior bowl. Like he was one of these guys, you go to the senior bowl and you're like, okay, you come out of there. You're like, Michael Wilson's a ball player. He's just been so, he's been so injured, right? He's the red shirt senior out of Stanford, six foot two, 213 pounds. He's only going to be 23 this year. Uh, Broke out during his sophomore season at age 19 and had Elijah Higgins there also to sort of deal with. And um, as he's kind of going through his, um, going through his struggles with staying healthy. Right. But I mean, he's, he's a good big size guy. Trashman and I both have him inside our personal top tens. Um, I kind of compared him to a Michael Floyd or a Gabriel Davis type. You have him buried in your rankings. I'm just curious as to, you know, was it just kind of the, the production obviously has, wasn't good. If you look at just last season, 26 receptions for 418 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, none of that's in, None of that screams anything good. You also had, you know, he plays in the Pac-12, so there was like a COVID thing where they had a cockamamie year. Um, what is it about Michael Wilson? It's just a fact. It's just like you just like other guys better, and some dudes just fall prey to that. Yeah, I mean, it's like I told you and Cody offline. It's just you, ultimately when you do these rankings, you can't be high on everybody. And, you know, you get into the deep throws of these wide receiver rankings. I mean, there's – like before you know it, there's 25 guys that you're like, man, there's something decent about all these guys. But ultimately, experience has told us that, you know, most of these dudes that you have ranked outside the top 10, it's 
it's really a, a crapshoot. And I think there's a lot of players to be interested in here. I, I do think the fact that I was at the Shrine Bowl instead of the Senior Bowl, of course, is a contributing factor. I saw some guys at the Shrine Bowl that did that had a good week, that tested quite well. And, of course, you know, you, you guys saw Michael Wilson up close and personal. Now, I like Michael Wilson on tape. And in a class that lacks size, of course, I think he's enticing. And maybe that'll – Maybe that will uh, drive him up the board. I think for me, you know, twelve point four yards per catch in college—that's pretty pathetic. For I mean, that's not what you want out of a, big, a bigger player like this. He's got to be able to get down the field a little bit, in my opinion. He did have the one point five split on his forty. He ran four five eight, but the one point five split is actually a really good number, especially yeah. for a player of his size. So you like that, but like, I mean, he is only 23, but I mean, he's kind of an, he's been around for a long time, very limited production in college. So ultimately those are the things that kind of drove him on board. But I, you know, I wouldn't be, if he gets decent draft capital, he turns out to be a solid player. I wouldn't be surprised. I had players more like Brian Edwards as my comps who look, that was a top 10 guy a few years ago. Everybody's hyped up about, but, he just never really materialized. And then, you know, not that we put a lot of stock in this, but if you want to laugh, you ought to go read uh, Lance Zerline's write-up on him over on NFL.com. It's 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 scathing. It's, it's not too becoming. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we love Lance. Hey, and you know what? Speaking of Lance, uh, we'll get to this final guy that I wanted to talk to you about. But before then, I uh, just wanted to remind everybody before we get out of here, of course, thank you so much for listening. If you can... Make sure and rate and review this podcast and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen. I just found out how easy it is to, to rate podcasts in Spotify. Um, and I see our analytics. We have a ton of people that listen on there. Hardly anybody's rated it. So if you could do us a favor and do that, if you could like the video, subscribe to the channel. We would certainly appreciate that, too. We're going to have all kinds of great content for you continuing, especially for our pro members as we um, get the Dynasty Rookie Cheat Sheets and we get the Dynasty uh, Top 250 updated with all the rookie landing spots and all the rest of it. A lot of stuff going on. Behind, the best ball cheat sheets are all going to be updated. So, so much going on behind the scenes with our products here at rosterwatch.com. Of course, one of those will be this shared uh, sheet. So we're going to put this up as soon as I get this um, podcast up into our web guy. I'm going to go through and I'm going to get this sheet cleaned up and it will be available to our pro members at Roster Watch. So you can see how Byron, how Trashman and how myself, Alex Dunlap, have each of these players ranked, what our cumulative consensus rankings are. And hopefully it'll be a benefit to you as you watch the NFL draft unfold over the course of later on this week as Trashman heads to Florida to crash at Byron's house back there by those fishing poles he has hung up. And as I travel to Kansas City to go hang out with our friends at Player Profiler at the uh, content house they have there. So we have a bunch of stuff coming up. Please go look at a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. All right, Byron, we're going to get out of here. But first, we got to talk to you about Jalen Hyatt. Speaking of Lance Zerline, talk to Lance Zerline at the NFL draft. I'm not sure if this is held up, but at the time, Lance told us that Jalen Hyatt was his number one wide receiver in the class. Um, uh, he just says this is a class where, you know, this is a class where it's hard to hang your hat on anything that any of these guys really have from a from a um, film standpoint outside of just what he saw 
with his own two eyes about Jalen Hyatt's game-breaking speed. He just said, if you look at all the attributes that all these guys have, that was the attribute out of all the wide receivers that he thought was the most, um, the most valuable and the one that had the most potential to translate at the NFL level. Uh, you look at from the combine, it's, it's a 4-4-0. It's not a 4-2-7 or something. It's not some kind of John Ross. It's not a Curtis Samuel. What do you what do you th- what do you think? I mean, what, so you have Jalen Hyde as your number four wide receiver in in the class. I'm I just think he's one of those guys. In a few years, we might look back and say he's a total G. I mean, he's got enormous upside, and, and I agree with Lance. When in a class that maybe lacks super elite traits or really special characteristics that stands out, that's one of the very few special qualities amongst this rookie class is Jalen Hyatt's explosive capability on tape. And you hear people talk about his limited route tree and, you know, maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's not. I mean, we don't, I hate to knock him too much for that because who says he can't learn uh, to run those routes, but certainly, I mean, he's, he's like a baby Randy Moss or something on tape, right? You know, I put Deshaun Jackson, Devonte Smith, that guy, if we look back in a few years and say that Jalen Hyatt is a freak, I won't at all be surprised. Credit card bill.